This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Talk to nicely. Thank you to my new patrons, Joshua, Dean, and Dawson. If you'd like to also support the podcast and receive access to exclusive bonus episodes, check out the Patreon link in the description below. Now back to the story. Cold water dropped onto my neck from a broken pipe on the ceiling. The bunker hallway was narrow, digging much further into the ground than I could have anticipated. Along the way, it was illuminated by dim, fluorescent bulbs that flickered as we passed, just barely enough to light up the path before us. Neither of the two soldiers spoke a word as they led us underground, instead making sure we didn't make any quick, unexpected movements. Though it felt better being surrounded by armed men, the anonymity caused by their gas masks didn't exactly instill any sense of confidence. Still, anything beat dealing with the horrors lurking in the darkness above ground. Why are you wearing masks? Roger asked, a question that was promptly ignored. Where are you taking us? Cassandra chimed in, garnering no response. It took about two minutes of navigating the narrow corridors before we finally arrived at an opening. We entered a larger room at the bottom of the bunker, one with another sealed door at its end. Three soldiers occupied the space, one of them lying in the corner with his guts torn apart. One of them attempted to tend to his wounds, but he seemed more perplexed by the lack of blood than anything. Where the fuck did you find civilians? One of them asked. His name read Dawson. What's going on here? Cassandra asked. Are you going to hurt us? Just saved your life, didn't we? Perez responded, seemingly annoyed. The two of them removed their masks, revealing two young men, barely in their 20s. A third joined us, Petrosa. He was older than the rest, a battered, middle-aged man with several scars running down his face. He didn't look worried like the rest, showing no signs of fear. Instead, he just appeared, tired. How did you make it here? He asked. Luck, was all I could think to say. We took a car and just drove. I saw your convoy. Where are the rest of you? They found us, Petrosa responded. We're all that's left. I hope to God the other groups fared better. So the rest are, I began. Dead, he finished. We didn't stand a chance. Our weapons barely phased them. We tried burning them, but they were just too many. He turned his attention to the wounded men on the ground, lying with his intestines exposed. Death would be his only relief, but it was a gift he'd never receive. What are you doing here? I kept on asking. He hesitated. It was obviously information he wasn't allowed to disclose. That much was clear. Yet, there was no chain of command remaining to punish him for breaking the rules. I shouldn't tell you, but seeing as we're all about to die anyway, you might as well die well-educated. Once again, he paused, checking the state of his men before continuing. It took our team years to find a way into town. 
seeing as anyone that crosses the border to Silverwood never seems to return. We figured you were a lost cause, a glitch in our reality. We knew there were otherworldly beings here. We just had no means of accessing them. That was until last year, when we found one of those things wandering around Arlington. It took a whole platoon just to destroy the thing. We then... He was interrupted by a loud clunk that echoed throughout the bunker. Shit! He let out. All right, time to get your asses out of here. They found us? Cassandra half asked, half stated. Her question was quickly answered by another bang shooting through the bunker. This tunnel leads to an underground network of caves. It's where these fuckers come from, Petrosa explained. There are four entry points, and we sent a platoon to each of them. We better pray the rest of them had more luck than us. As he explained the situation, the Praetors were banging on the doors, slowly, but certainly digging their way through the metal doors. Perez and Avery pulled the set of secondary doors open, revealing a wide tunnel expanding endlessly far ahead. What about Kaplan? Perez asked, gesturing to the wounded soldier. Carry him, Petrosa ordered. Fuck that, Kaplan moaned. I'm already dead. Just go. Perez tried to argue, but he was quickly interrupted by the distinct sound of metal being forcefully bent. They were seconds away from getting through, leaving us with no chance of transporting a heavily injured man. Hey, Petrosa, leave me one of your grenades for the bastards. What do you say? Petrosa and Avery handed Kaplan a couple of grenades, mumbling some words of comfort to him before gathering at the door. Time to go, Petrosa ordered, but he was too late. The outer doors had blown open, and within seconds, the first Praetors had reached us. Their spindly, twisted bodies pulled themselves along the ground at impressive speeds, quickly reaching their first victim. Perez screamed in agony as they dug into his leg, tearing him apart instantly. Avery and Petrosa tried to save him, but it was no use. They were forced into the tunnel with the rest of us, trying to keep the monsters at bay with a hail of suppressive fire. Fuck you! We heard Kaplan yell, followed quickly by a massive explosion that reverberated through the tunnel. It was enough to tear the Praetors to shreds, but their vile bodies still kept moving, refusing to die. If nothing else, at least he had bought us a couple of minutes before they regrouped. Only the six of us made it into the tunnel, desperately fleeing from an enemy that refused to die, leaving only two soldiers with actual combat experience, Petrosa and Avery. Keep moving, Petrosa ordered, pushing us farther down the narrow corridor, leading deeper into the ground below. The metal doors behind us had essentially fused shut from the blast within. While it would hinder the Praetors for a while, it couldn't keep them locked inside forever. The air grew heavy as we proceeded, with the temperatures rising the further we descended down the sloping tunnel. Sweat poured down my back, mixing with blood seeping from wounds I hadn't yet discovered. I'd been hit by shrapnel during the blast, and while it had only dug superficially into my flesh, it hurt like hell. I don't think this is the way out, Roger said with worry in his voice. It will lead to a central hub. We can leave through the additional access tunnels from there. Avery shouted back. With my hearing damaged from the explosion, I could barely recognize their voices over the incessant ringing in my ears. I could tell the others were struggling too, based on them screaming, despite being no more than five feet away from each other. I see something! Cassandra called out, pointing down the tunnel. Sure enough, 
At the very end of our path lay an opening in the wall. Though it wouldn't lead us to freedom, it at least seemed to enter into a larger space. Almost there, Roger announced. But our rush for the opening was quickly halted to the sound of multiple gunshots echoing through the tunnel. It appeared the other platoons had indeed made it to their target, but they weren't there alone. Are they some of yours? I asked the soldiers. We'll find out soon enough. Stay behind me, Petrosa said as he raised his rifle. He took the lead alongside Avery, moving swiftly, but carefully towards the sound of the fighting. The closer we got, the more the sound of gunshots gave way to men screaming for their lives. It was a battle I knew they couldn't win, yet they fought on to their last breaths. Petrosa signaled for us to stop, letting Avery get a peek into the opening. He took careful steps forward, ready to stick his head around the corner. But as soon as he even attempted to get a glimpse, he was forced back by a storm of fire that raged past the exit. He covered his eyes as they burned from the intense heat, groaning in pain. The burns were only superficial, leaving behind little more than a missing eyebrow. Hold your fucking fire! We're friendlies! He screamed. With that, the fire stopped, pummeling the room into an eerie silence. Avery and Petrosa moved out from the tunnel, securing the area ahead. The rest of us followed closely behind. The tunnel ended in a massive chamber connected to various cave systems, extending endlessly far down into the ground below. All we could see at its end was a pitch black void emitting distant humanoid screams. Our only footing was a set of rusty scaffolds extending all the way around the room, extending into several flimsy rooms and platforms hanging above the hole. Four exits were marked A to D. We had just entered through the ladder. A man wielding a flamethrower stood on one of the extension platforms before us, the sole survivor of the battle. Chunks of his body had been torn out by the praetors, guts and all, refusing to bleed. The wounds were definitely incompatible with life, but his body was too pumped full of adrenaline for the man to realize that he was supposed to be dead. It's all right, we've got you, Petrosa said, carefully disarming the man who promptly fell into his arms from pure exhaustion. I have to burn him, he mumbled, barely audible. I have to burn them. Help me burn them. There were several charred bodies on the platform next to him, each a prior member of his squad. The fire had been a mercy for them, preventing their bodies from being consumed by the praetors. Petrosa assessed the wounds, immediately recognizing their severity. It's gonna be all right. Just relax, he said with a fake sense of comfort. We failed, the man said. We couldn't end it. They came from the hole. They tore them apart. I couldn't stop them. We're here now. You don't have to fight anymore, Petrosa went on. With that, Petrosa pulled his sidearm from its holster, swiftly pointing it to the man's head before pulling the trigger. The rest of us could only stare in shock, but we were relieved that we no longer had to witness his suffering. He doesn't need to feel the flames. Petrosa explained as he armed himself with the flamethrower. He took a step back from the mangled corpse before unleashing a hellstorm of flames upon his body. Within seconds, it turned to an unrecognizable charred mess. Only then did I realize that no one had even bothered to get his name before sending him to the afterlife. But we were not given time to process his death before being interrupted by the sound of shattering metal in the distance. 
It was coming from Tunnel D, all the way back from the bunker at the end. The creatures had broken through the door, which meant they'd be all over us within minutes. Alright, let's get to work. It's time to end this nightmare, Petrosa said. There were several explosive charges attached to various load-bearing points around the chamber. They'd presumably been planted by the squad who'd perished, though they hadn't lived long enough to complete the job. But why they so desperately wanted to blow the chamber up was a question that remained unanswered. Who the hell built this place? I asked, amazed by the scale of it. The hole in the center was by no means a natural formation, which meant someone had built it. They're called Artifex Industries, a secret organization working in the shadows. They started digging out the caves beneath your town 15 years ago, Petrosa explained. Why? I asked. Hell if I know. But what they found was more than even they could handle. Because of them, thousands of people have died. Growls could be heard in the distance. We were running out of time. Fuck, we gotta hurry, Petrosa began. Avery, take David and finish setting up the charges. I'll try to seal the tunnel with suppressive fire. It might buy you some time. What about me? Roger asked. Petrosa walked over to one of the charred bodies, picked up a rifle, and handed it to Roger. You know how to use one of these? He asked. Roger nodded. Then bring your family out of here. Do whatever it takes. Go. He grabbed the rifle, walked over to me, and gave me a quick hug. It was an unexpected but pleasant surprise. After all, we'd been through a lifetime in the span of six hours. Good luck, he said, before leaving me alone with the last two soldiers alive in Silverwoods. Petrosa placed himself at Tunnel D, flamethrower in hand. Here they come, he yelled. Though I had zero experience with explosive, it was easy enough to follow Avery's instructions. He dealt with the charges themselves, while I ran cables through the various loads. Petrosa stood by the tunnel, ready to fire as soon as the Praetors arrived. Burn, you fuckers! He screamed before letting out a storm of smoldering fire. The monster screeched in pain, almost surprised to encounter any form of meaningful resistance. It wasn't the first time fire had been used against them, but what our town could produce on its own had nothing on military-grade flamethrowers. How much time do you need? Petrosa asked. I can't hold them off for long. Five minutes! Avery shouted back. The idea was to collapse the cave in on itself, making sure the creatures remained trapped in their void for the rest of eternity. It was a foolish plan, but it was the only one we had. A few of the Praetors managed to break through Petrosa's storm, their bodies burning as they tried to attack us. Even then, they attempted their best to mimic human speech, a futile attempt at tricking us, but disturbing nonetheless. Avery turned his attention towards them for just a second, firing off a few rounds into their limbs. While it wouldn't stop them, the force was enough for them to stumble and fall into the deep abyss below. How much ammo do you have left? I asked. Not enough, Petrosa responded. I finished attaching the last cable as Avery tried to figure out the remote detonation. It could be set up using a radio, but the configuration itself was a mess. Fuck! Avery let out in frustration. What's wrong? I asked. It's not working. I have to set them off manually. He shot back. You done with the cables? I nodded. Then get the hell out of here. He demanded. I can't leave you. I argued. That wasn't a suggestion. 
Take a weapon, get the fuck out of here, or I'll shoot you myself. You don't have to die today. I looked back at Petrosa, who was moments away from running out of gas. He'd switched back to his rifle, only using the flamethrower when absolutely needed. Go! Avery demanded again. With a heavy heart, I followed the order given, picked up a weapon, and headed for Tunnel C, unlike the one we'd entered through. It was a refined, spacious hallway with several side junctions, leading to different sections of the cavernous system. Each was marked for a different purpose, such as sleeping quarters, a cafeteria, and laboratories. The walls, though clearly durable, had all suffered scorch marks, with piles of charred bodies on the ground. In the distance, I could hear the two soldiers shouting orders at each other, screaming profanities between intermittent gunfire. The hallway stretched on for about a mile before I again stumbled upon a pile of charred corpses, each lying next to weapons strewn across the ground. I picked up a shotgun, putting my inefficient pistol on my belt for emergencies. Soft growls could be heard from the end of the tunnel I traversed, meaning I had no way of exiting the facility without a fight. I proceeded carefully, holding onto the shotgun with trembling hands as I approached the exit. The tunnel ended in another bunker connected to the surface. It was identical to the one we'd entered through, spacious and well lit up in comparison to the hallway. There was a mangled, unrecognizable body lying on the floor in the middle, letting out pathetic whimpers that just barely resembled human speech. I let out a sigh of morbid relief, thinking I might be able to pass it without being attacked. I lowered my weapon, ready to sprint past it and finally reach the exit. But before I could enter the room, I felt a hand cover my mouth, violently pulling me into a side passage away from the bunker. Shh, a voice said, one immediately I recognized as Roger's. I turned around to be met by a morbid sight. Roger had been gutted, torn to shreds by the Praetors. It was a miracle that he could even remain standing. Derek lay on the ground next to him, unconscious with a severe head wound, but otherwise unscathed. Roger, oh God, was all I could let out. They got me good, he groaned, but I couldn't save her. Tears filled his eyes as I realized his wife was missing. Cassandra, is she? I began. He just gestured for the mangled body on the ground inside, too damaged for me to recognize. The creature walked up to her, tearing bits and pieces off to use for its own body. Another couple joined in, at which point I accepted that there was no way for us to pass unnoticed. We had lost. I collapsed down next to Roger, not daring to look at his mortal wounds. I contemplated just going for it, firing as many shells into the monstrosities as I could before finally getting slaughtered myself. It beat going out without a fight, but it wouldn't make a difference. I'm sorry, I said. I actually thought we stood a chance. It's not your fault, Roger said. But, David. What? I need you to do something for me. I just stared at him in silence. A part of me knew exactly what he was about to ask, but I wasn't ready to accept it. I don't want them to get my son. I can't let him turn into one of those things. You have to. His voice trailed off. Roger, I... I began, before being interrupted by a massive boom reverberating from the distance. A shockwave followed shortly after, finally ending in a mild earthquake. 
Another explosion followed, then a third and a fourth. All eight charges were detonated in succession. Avery and Petrosa had done it. The sound seemed to anger the praetors inside the bunker, stealing their attention away from their meal. They rushed blindly towards the source of the sound, running past without even noticing us. The ground beneath kept shaking, forming cracks in the corridor's facade. Small rocks fell from the ceiling, followed by large chunks of debris. Without hesitating any further, I decided to take the chance to escape. I pulled Roger up with me, who was able to remain standing despite his wounds. He carried Derek in his arms, allowing me to take the lead into the bunker. Let's hurry! I yelled as the cracks around us grew larger, allowing progressively bigger chunks to rain down upon us. Roger groaned in agony, but refused to give up until he'd brought his son to safety. We sprinted past Cassandra's dead body, not having the equipment nor the time to burn it. I just prayed her mind was too far gone to feel the pain. With each passing second, the caves were collapsing in on themselves. We'd have less than a minute to reach the surface, lest we get trapped in the rubble. In the distance, we could hear the Praetor scream in a mixture of pain and frustration. They had lost the battle, and they knew it. There's the exit! I yelled. With the frame partially collapsed, it took our combined force just to push the doors open. A gust of fresh air greeted us as we stumbled into the dark, cold night just in time for the ceiling to break. The entire facility collapsed, trapping any unfortunate soul still stuck inside. I fell to the ground in pure exhaustion, relieved, but in pain from the various wounds I'd sustained during the fight. Roger remained standing, knowing that once he sat himself down, he'd never get back up again. He just carefully placed Derek on the soft ground below, finally taking the chance to inspect his own wounds. Where are we? He asked without showing any concern for his own well-being. I'm not entirely sure, I responded. Somewhere in the forest. We had exited into a large opening in the woods, a perfect circle with a clear view up into the pitch black sky above. Even then, there were no stars or moon to greet us just the same old void that marked death for us all. Seeing it again filled my body with an undeniable sense of dread. If the explosion had worked, why was the sky still missing? It didn't work. I let out in defeat. Creatures growled in the distance, emitting their sickly, twisted calls for blood. The explosion alone would have been enough to alert anything within a five-mile radius which meant they would all be heading straight for us. We have to keep moving, I tried to let out, unable to get up due to the residual earthquakes. Silhouettes formed at the tree line, not hesitating before pouncing at us. I tried to get up and run, but it just slammed me in the chest, sending me flying into the ground. I felt my leg break, and something dug its way into my torso. I tried to keep crawling, but the pain had rendered me paralyzed. Roger wasn't even attempting to fight back. He just laid his own body over Derek, hoping to shield him from any incoming attacks. One by one, creatures joined in, surrounding us on all sides. I pulled the pistol from my belt, ready to fight, but there were too many. Even if the weapon proved effective, I didn't have enough ammo to kill them all. It was over. Hoping for a quick way out, I lied back down catching my breath for the last time before departing from our world. There was no way I'd let them catch me alive. 
I pressed the cold metal against my temple, holding my breath as I got a last glimpse of the world. The ground beneath me shook one last time, creating several gaps in the foundation. I slid into one of them, almost losing the grip I had on my gun. Then the shaking stopped and the world fell silent. Without further distractions, I firmed my grip on the pistol, pointing it back at my head as I stared up into the sky for one last time. The stars and moon shined brightly above, casting dim light across the forest. I prepared to pull the trigger, only a moment away from death before it dawned on me. The sky was normal. I looked around, being met by little more than an empty forest. The creatures were gone, erased from the world despite the absence of daylight. The cave had collapsed, severing the link between our world and theirs. We were safe. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you sometimes feel like you need to get something off your chest? Everyone, including myself, carries around stress, and sometimes it builds up until it feels like you might burst. That's where BetterHelp comes in. Therapy is a safe space to talk through what's on your mind and figure out how to move forward. With BetterHelp, you can finally get things off your chest and start working through what's weighing you down. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed for convenience and flexibility to make it easy to fit your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and start your sessions. If your therapist isn't a perfect fit, you can easily switch at no additional charge. So why not give it a try? Therapy offers broad benefits, from reducing stress to gaining new insights. Take that step with BetterHelp and feel the relief. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DNS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot D-N-S. We made it, I gasped, tossing away the gun that had come a second away from ending my life. Roger, we made... My words were cut off as I laid eyes upon his body. He had succumbed to his wounds as soon as the creatures had died. With no unnatural powers left to keep him alive, he had departed our world alongside the monsters of the night. Derek lay beside him, still unconscious, but very much breathing. I checked my own wounds, which had started bleeding heavily. With the adrenaline fading from my system, I could feel myself slip into another forced slumber. Too weak and exhausted to fight back, I passed out, the world turning dark before my eyes. A week would pass before I awoke in the town hospital. The injuries I had sustained were slightly worse than I had anticipated, landing me in a coma. If it hadn't been for the rescue workers investigating the explosion, we never would have been found. Derek had woken a few days earlier. He suffered a mild brain hemorrhage, but wouldn't experience any permanent brain injury. Thanks to the bravery of his parents, he'd lived to see another day. Being in the vicinity of the unknown underground facility, I was questioned by both local police and state agents. I tried my best to explain the course of events that had occurred, but I was drowning in questions myself. In the end, there was nothing they could do to investigate, as all the evidence lay buried in a rubble underground, one keeping horrors beyond our collective comprehension at bay. 
I just pray it's enough to keep us safe for the coming year. Because if it isn't, they'll surely be back for revenge. 